welcome back to Lipstick Laundry. This is your girl, Shiny. And I'm your co-host, Kim. And we are always here, as usual, to discuss all types of laundry. The dirty. The clean. And all things in between. Let's sort it out, Kim. What's poppin'? Nothing much. I mean, I'm like, I feel like I'm a new person from last week. No shit. I've been meditating. Oh no. I made it up. I made that up. I, it up. I just wanted to sound what interesting. <laughs> I'm I, like, when? I just when heifer? I just wanted to sound interesting, but nonetheless. I'm done with you. Girl, what is your soapbox this week? So I think I think um I think I'm mad at myself this week. Oh. So so I ordered I don't know if I should even be saying this, but so I ordered meat. Like I, you know, I like to have my stuff delivered. I don't really like to, you know, worry about meat and water and stuff like that. I needed to just come on demand. I'm with you. So I ordered meat, and because I was so nervous, um, I ordered. I placed a new order to send to my dad's house. I forgot to cancel that subscription, so now I have two huge boxes of meat and nowhere to put them. So oh, so the extra freezer, the two extra freezers you got still can't fit it. No, no, no. It can fit it, but it's a tight squeeze. It's like literally got to take this out. Y'all so. heard me. I said two extra freezers. This I don't have two extra freezers. I have the freezer and, and then a fridge and a freezer. Well, one and one. I but you said two, two extra. I don't have. Two yes, extra. you have a refrigerator. They no. got a freezer. No. I so I have the the one that's in the kitchen. Yeah, I have it's the refrigerator and the freezer on the bottom. Right, right, and then I just have a standalone freezer. That's it. So what's in the other room? The standalone freezer. But what's in the corner, right by the the that giant was forks? A, that was a stand up. No, no, no. The giant fork. That's not even how long. Have you not? You've been to my house recently. Yeah, but oh, so it's not two. You no. So I had. I don't like this. No. Okay, maybe. <laughs> no. So this. I had a a, a fridge, uh-huh. right? But then the need was not a fridge. It was the fridge was the extra fridge was free, but that wasn't the need. The need was a freezer. Mm-hmm. So that fridge is unplugged. At first, we we're oh, like, okay. oh, maybe we should use that fridge for beer. So it was outside mm-hmm. for beer. Right. But then I couldn't pay that light bill for beer. I feel you. Because during the summertime, yes. that fridge is like uh-huh. running. So, um, so the fridge went away because the only thing that was in that fridge was beer anyway. So the freezer is where the need is because I don't know. I'm gonna tell you right now. Those fancy smanchy um, refrigerators, French door refrigerator, oh, bottom freezer, it don't hold a goddamn thing. It don't hold nothing. It, it don't, don't hold a goddamn don't. thing. And it don't even really matter whether you get the one that has the freezer to the side or the freezer at the bottom. It's the same goddamn equivalent in size. It's like they Listen, made sure. Take me back to the white um, fridge on the bottom, freezer on the top. Take me back there. Take me back to those refrigerators because I feel like those refrigerators really worked. I mean, I know... Well, take all that frostbite with you, sis, because that's <laughs> what they brought. That is what they brought. Oh, well, maybe I wasn't old enough to know like mm-hmm. what the real true problem is, but I feel like they, hold, they held so much more stuff 
back then I don't know or that's how I feel maybe it's maybe it's an illusion I don't know but I'm mad at myself this week I'm I'm pissed because now I have all this meat so maybe I'm just just, just have my mom cook a bunch of shit and just start dropping off food I don't know well you just remember my address okay <laughs> because when Aunt Anne's in the kitchen you train Hello, remember somebody. my address don't play with like me like I even ordered because on that order I had scallops and stuff which by the way I tried the scallops uh you, mm. you didn't like them? Send them my way again. Mm. I eat scallops. Mm. I'm so with now it. that package that I forgot to cancel has scallops in it. And I still have scallops from the last time because. Uh, pack, package them up. Then I go to the same mm. house. Mine. I, <laughs> yeah. Mm, pack I'm them not, on up. I'm not, I don't know. Up. I don't know. I think I'm going to stay away from scallops. I'm not here for it. I don't. Girl, you're soapbox. Is a it's just you being you. I know. I'm so ditzy, bro. God, I can't even take it. But listen, I think you're gonna get a kick out of my soapbox, okay? Because I, I I'm nervous if this is the life that they living in these streets <laughs> because I'm not a part of it. Like I don't want any parts of this. So I'm at the gas station. And my son spills something in my car and I'm just like, I ain't get my car washed in so long, bruh. Like, the person who used to wash my car, like, his mom died, like, a little bit oh, before. Oh, wait, she died? I thought she was sick. Girl, yes, she was sick. And then I didn't hear from him in a month and we were like, oh, shit, she probably died. Yeah, she died. She oh, totally geez. passed. Oh, so I don't know what's going on with him, but he's not washing cars anymore. And my thing is dirty. So I was like, all right, you know what? I'm at the gas station. Let me just go ahead and vacuum my car. My son's in the car. I'm like, all right, let me just vacuum this car. I go towards the vacuum thing and I'm putting in my card. Of course, I ain't got cash. Mm-hmm. So I'm putting in my card and I hear behind me, oh, um, you got to put it in and then pull it out real quick. I'm like, I got this. In my head, I'm like, I got this. Why Mm -hmm. is this nigga helping me to do this right now? But I got it. I look behind me. I see who it is. I'm like, I got it. He's like, oh, I'm just trying to help you. I'm like, yeah, I'm good. Thank you. Um, So I get that done. He's still sitting in his car. I get that done. Blow is going. I start vacuuming. I look at the corner of my eye. He's still sitting in his car Mm -hmm. watching me. Right. So I'm like, okay, I get done vacuuming my car. You know, I ain't doing it too thorough. I'm just really picking up the mess, mess, because right. you know, whatever. I'm just trying to get through a rough period. <laughs> um, yeah. So I get done. I'm rolling up the thing. You know, about to leave, and he's like, "Hey, what's up? How are you?" Okay. Bitch, I got an immediate attitude. Do you know why? Why? I know you ain't just watch me for the past 20 minutes, my yeah. nigga, well, vacuuming my car. And now you're going to try to come out at me? So let me ask you, if he had offered, would you have let him vacuum your car? Absolutely. <laughs> what you mean? A complete stranger in Rona? Doug is the quickest I would grab my kid and tell him, yes, absolutely. You could come and vacuum my vehicle. Even yeah. if I got to wipe it down afterwards. Yeah. I, you could come and do that. And if we thinking about Corona, don't ask me for my number then. Girl, I was so aggravated at the fact yeah. that he sat there and watched me vacuum my car. And then you're going to ask me for my number. Yeah, that's that's actually kind of sad. But I mean, is this what I'm looking forward to in these streets? 2020 like this is real ghetto really, but I told you 
I don't know, six episodes ago. Like, it's real ghetto. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I could not believe this. I could not believe it. Like, I could not believe it. Hopefully, you're going to go ahead and send Sierra that DM. Or is it Eva? Did Eva get the prayer, too? Eva who? Nah, I don't know about Eva and her prayer because oh. they running from house to house. That's a whole nother problem. Like, uh-uh, <laughs> something going on. I don't know about yeah. her prayer. Well, but I don't know about her prayer either, but maybe say, maybe DMC. For sure, because... What about, I, um, what's her name? Cassie. Maybe Cassie. Cassie Fine. Cassie, Cassie prayer took too long. <laughs> I want that nice, quick... No, 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 because... No, but I think Cassie, her prayer... It's not that it took long. She was praying for the wrong person. It didn't take long. That may be true. So she was praying for Diddy. Oh, for like... Oh, yeah. So, she, yeah, she was probably saying the yeah. wrong prayer for her. So she minute. was saying like, the wrong prayer for her. Please, perfect Diddy. Like, perfect Diddy. And that wasn't going to happen. Right. right. So she should have been praying for a new man. I right. feel you. But I just could not believe that yeah. that is the status of our lives right now. Like, when I think about... Well, I don't know if we can say that's the status of our lives, Shane. I think that's one person, and I'm, I I, I don't know if I can just take every single 2020 dating experience and, you know, base, base it on that one person. Because why is he at the gas station sitting and chilling anyway? Girl, I don't know. That's, I mean, so that, that tells you who we're dealing with. So we can't even use that as like a staple for anything or kind of any type of expectation for anything. So, um, young man, whoever you are at the gas station, it's a no. Um, and for future um, encounters that you may have, try to be like, chivalry is not dead, is it? I would hope not because that that is just unacceptable to yeah. me. That is unacceptable. I ain't like it at all. Anyways, let's get to the damn show. <laughs> Today we have in the house Miss Erica Dunlap. Now, um, for y'all who don't know, in two thousand and four, during her junior year at the University of Central Florida, go Knights. That's my school. Boop, boop, boop. Mm-hmm. More fire. <laughs> um, she became the first African-American woman to be crowned Miss Florida. Later that year, she also won the title of Miss America, being the seventh American um, African-American to do so. Now, since then, she has become an award-winning public relations strategist, an entrepreneur, and a community advocate. I can't wait to discuss some things with her. I kind of, sort of, kind of, sort of, sort of, kind of know her, but not really. And, uh, you but know... what you don't know about her, you stalked her. A little bit. There yeah. was a little bit of stalking. But, <laughs> I mean... Again, like, after I met her, I think it's safe when the stalking happens after I met her, right? Like, uh, I, don't, I don't, I don't know, you can't ask me. I stalk everybody. Okay, good. Well, don't even try to make me feel bad then. I'm, like, no, I'm just yeah, saying. Yeah, some stalking happened. But, you know, I, I am in love with all types of women that are just successful in whatever they do. And, I mean, who hasn't been obsessed with pageants? Money. Weren't you? <laughs> yeah. No, I was never. Oh, oh. Never have I ever. No, no, no. So I'll tell you that I will watch, but I, I'm not going to sit there and watch, watch like the entire duration of the program. Um, no, as a kid, I'm taking notes. I'm writing mm-hmm. things down. I'm like, oh, Miss America, Miss Florida had this. Miss Georgia had this. No. Oh, maybe next year you can't try to be this. 
And da da da. Maybe you should shoot singing versus dancing. Oh, girl, I was in it. No, I watched the talent portion, swimsuit portion, and when they're answering questions because those answers. Hello, somebody. Yeah, they always pretty funny. So that and that's it. That's all you get from me. Um, I was like Tweety where the holes bro uh-uh. like no I'm kidding <laughs> no I'm I was just like Ooh. I, like I yeah, would you're rather a you're yeah a I would rather play video games I feel like yeah like in high school if she was her, her listen we had uniforms hers was baggy as hell with some Tims and that's just real like that's her in high school meanwhile I am like girly girl from day one yeah, so back to Erica. I can't wait to talk to her. This should be interesting. She should be calling any minute now. I know that. I I, I look forward to talking to her and seeing like what's life like after the fact. Oh, okay. Here we go. All right. <laughs> okay. Hi, Erica. Hi. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Okay. Um, my friend Kim, the co-host of the podcast, is also here. Say hi. Hi, Erica. Hi, Ms. Kim. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm perfect. Um, okay, so formally, we'd like to welcome you to Lipstick Laundry. Thank you. Oh, your text just, just came through. How funny. Oh, that is funny. That is funny. Where do you live? <laughs> like in the boonies or somewhere? No, I live right in the heart of Orlando. <laughs> That's crazy. Okay, oh, so, so funny. I got to tell you that um, the first time we met was not, the, even though it was my house, it wasn't the appropriate place for me to, like, completely fangirl out. But I'm taking this opportunity right now to do that because I do. No, honestly, like, I I don't even think I told you at that time that I just really, I remember being a sophomore at UCF. Go Knights. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I just remember being a sophomore, grabbing the newspaper, and seeing that you won. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, it it just meant a lot. It meant a lot that you were a black girl. It meant a lot that you were, you know, a student at UCF, just like me. It just, you know, it was a good moment for me. So meeting you you. was good. So what Uh, Shana's trying to say, I think in the back of her mind, she's like, oh, my gosh, act normal, act normal, act normal. Pretty much, pretty much, pretty much. (laughs) Pretty much, like, oh yeah, this is not the setting. We're here, you know, just to hang out. Oh my god, I was like, I was on a whole different when I met you. Yeah, that you remember? Oh no, um, that was let's see, I moved probably 2014, so maybe 12 or 13 somewhere there. Yeah, and that's when I had really started like living my life. To be honest with you, right. You know, right. I was I was in rare form, I'm sure. <laughs> yes, you were, ma'am. Yes, you were, okay? You were having a good time is what we'll say. That's what we'll say, okay? Now, yes, um, all right. 
so now every girly girl, um, now mind you, Kim, Kim is just like, what the fuck here? Because she is such a tomboy. She is just like, what? yes, you yes. Don't sound like one. I don't know if yes. you sound like a tomboy, but you don't. <laughs> exactly. She sound, she don't sound like no young MA or nothing, but she, she totally started <laughs> off her life in like Tim's shorts and like a baggy t-shirt that's literally what she used to wear and i mean now she wears makeup and you know she she's a girly girl now but back in the day like when i was glued to the tv watching pageants she was like nah fam this is not for so me i would say that i would watch but i only watch for the them answering the questions because it was just hilarious <laughs> to see how um, how much of an airhead they were um half you know the time. it's funny because so many girls are and I don't mean to, you know, interrupt you, but it's just like when I when I talk about patterns when I when I defend them, I also look mm-hmm. at them through the lens of being a black woman. And so for me, I always had to come correct, and I always had to give an answer that was uh, not only authentic for myself and for yeah. my upbringing and all of that, but also I had to keep in mind that. You know, people are watching just to see me mess up or just to see me do yes, something stupid. Yes, yes, you know, you're right. So, so, so true. So yes. true, honestly, because that's exactly what I watched that part for. Like, let's see which one. Sometimes you could see, like, the nerves just different from stupidity. You yes. know what I mean? But nerves, yes. Yeah, nerves, nerves. nerves is nerves. But then when you, the question is... Recent polls have shown a fifth of Americans can't locate the U.S. on a world map. Why do you think this is? I personally believe that U.S. Americans are unable to do so because uh, some people out there in our nation don't have maps. And uh, I believe that our education, like such as in South Africa and uh, the Iraq, everywhere like such as, and... I believe that they should, uh, our education over here in the U.S. should help the U.S. or should help South Africa and should help the Iraq and the Asian countries so we will be able to build up our future for our children. Thank you very much, South Carolina. Right? What? Like, just no sense. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Erica, do you think that you were groomed from an early age? Like, when did your pageant world start? So it really started, um, my first, I did my first pageant in Tampa. I'm from Orlando, but the first mm-hmm. one that I ever did, we drove to Tampa when I was six years old, and um, I competed against 120 little girls for this wow. competition, and it was super scary, but at the same time, you know, we were just learning the lay of the land, you know, and Wait, so... you remember that? Um, Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was it was a big moment because I made it to the top twenty. So for wow. me to go from a hundred and twenty, and I made it to the top twenty, that mm-hmm. was a big deal. You know, for my yeah. first one, especially. And for yeah. me, I grew up. I was very girly. Like, I ha- I'm the baby of five children, oh, and wow. I'm the baby by fifteen to twenty years. So my brother was twenty years old. He was a sophomore at Bethune. Um, mm-hmm. when I was born and my sisters, I have three sisters that are older and they were between the ages of 18 to 15. So literally I was their baby doll. I came out the womb 
They they uh, put earrings. I got my ears pierced when I was two months. They put bangles on me. I always had a new dress on. My mom said that they would dress me every single day like a baby doll. They took so, um, every, all this, five kids. All five kids. Um, same mom, same dad. No. So I'm the only one between wow. my mom and dad, but they had wow. their. and y'all all dad. no. Since you live in my life backwards, because <laughs> girl, they tell you that girl. We don't have enough time to go through how real my life is. But, um, yeah, so my siblings, like, they treated me like a princess literally from the time. I mean, they totally just adored me. They were just so happy to have a little baby in the house. Uh And so my mom never really had to do a whole lot. Like, literally, my sisters, you know, whenever I cried, they just picked me up and, you know, yeah. I wasn't spoiled. In my opinion, I wasn't spoiled. I mean, maybe I was. But <laughs> I don't feel like I was spoiled, but they definitely took care of me. You know what I'm saying? And when I was a little girl, um, when I was three, my sister was in, um, she w- went to school down in Fort Lauderdale at a fashion mm-hmm. design school. And so her major was in fashion, not fashion market fashion marketing and um and design and so she for her final project and her final um final report she had mm-hmm. to do a fashion show and so she she had to design all the the clothes and she had to produce a fashion show and so she decided to put me in it as the finale like the little zing mm-hmm. at the end of the the deal and so mm-hmm. I'm 3 years old and she had me in this little dress. Now, this is the 80s. So, you know, the fashion was just like, oh, oh yeah, God. everything's big. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she put me in this little outfit that was like a replica of one of the big girls. And it mm-hmm. was so cute because it was like this, I'll never forget, it was this black and white dress. And it was like, the dress was like form-fitting and kind of tight. And it had white mm-hmm. tool all around the bottom and white tool on the top. And so I came out just walking the runway and everybody was laughing and everybody was clapping and everybody was screaming and they stood up for me and I was all in. That was it for me. So I got my first start from my sister and her fashion shows because I just started being her, her, her finale piece every single fashion show she would host. And she would do one, you know, back in the day, Fashion shows were such a big deal. Like, mm-hmm. she would do one, like, probably every couple months, and I was always her feature. And so when I did that first pageant at six, it was just natural for me to be on stage. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, some yeah, girls so. don't have it. I, th- I thought I did, but uh-uh. uh-uh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no. You got um... it, girl. You got it. <laughs> don't save yourself. <laughs> I know. So, um, so your first one was six, and then you just kept going after that. You didn't necessarily win that one, but you just kept going after that. Right. Yeah, I didn't win that one, and it was very disappointing. Like, my dad and I cried the whole way home. <laughs> my dad was uh-huh. like, "Oh, you were so close, and you should have won." And you know, it was good for me, though. I'm so glad that I didn't win for the first couple times because. I needed to learn what it was like to lose in a healthy way. You know what I'm saying? Um, It was funny because I was so 
I was so into it. Like, my mom brought me the pamphlet home, and I was getting ready for it. We had no idea what we were doing. We had no idea. Do you remember the song, Shower Me With Your Love by um, yeah. Surface? Mm-hmm. That was a song I did for talent. Like, you, I'm six. I, I should not have been <laughs> singing that song. Aww. But we didn't know any better. So we just knew that in pageants, you're supposed to sing a big song. And you're supposed to, like, do this whole thing. And I was, you know, my sisters were, um, they were in their 20s, early 20s by that time. And adolescents, mm-hmm. so they were thinking more along the lines of what would their age group be doing instead of something age appropriate for a six year old. Right. And the songs aren't bad. It's just like it's just a love song. Like, why is a six year old singing this? But anyway, um <laughs> I I it was have been singing like Barney or something, no? Well, you know, something there really was like light. songs that were <laughs> the girls who were competing, they were singing cutesy little little girl songs. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes or they were doing beautiful. little dances that were just mm-hmm. More age appropriate than me singing a song that a grown man recorded. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) But all the same, it got me to top twenty though. So, but but, you know what? That's a learning though, right? Because if you didn't, they for instance, you know, you you made it even further. Maybe you would have even tried it in a different um, pageant, doing the same (laughs) same thing, and would have been all wrong. So right. it's good that I got to see what the competition was like. And what I've learned about my pageant life has been it's just so useful in real life. And I try to teach people this when I when I do speeches. I talk about how pageants really prepared me for real life, to be judged every day, to have to be on every day, to put your best foot forward, you know, that's to a, always have. At it yeah, sure. you always need to be able to speak and you need to be able to be clear and you need to be succinct when you say what you say and it needs to make yeah. sense because you're taking the time to really develop the thoughts so yeah i'm i'm grateful for my background and i'm grateful for the legacy that god let me lay out for um you know the patent industry but beyond just right. being able to like i'm the only black woman to win miss florida and yeah. that's a crazy idea that in 85 mm-hmm. years, it's only yeah. been one. That's crazy yeah. to me. Yeah. It's crazy. And, I mean, I'm grateful. Don't get me wrong. How was it? There were How was it, like, walking into those rooms, you know? Those rooms you know, where I still do. we always I still walk people. in the room where I'm the only one. And that, you know, it's 2020. And, yeah. you know, many times over, I still have to just, like, hold my race on my back. Yeah. Did you have to deal with a lot of racism, you would say, between the parties, as in between the contestants in the pageants or any type of cattiness? Not really, because, and I'll, I'll say this with... Um, Y'all really be kumbaya back there? Well, I mean, we just didn't really... There, there wasn't a whole lot of time for that. Like you're, you, you get there, you get ready to, for, you're like you're setting up your makeup station or you're setting up your area, and you really don't have time for all the caddies. The cattiness more so came in, um, you know, just the intimidation of she's more talented or she's 
prettier, she's got a better body, something like that. Mm -hmm. But, Mm -hmm. you know, I came in as a winner. And so my winner's attitude doesn't have time for your insecurity. So it was never a matter of whether or not somebody felt like I was better. As a matter of fact, my first year at Miss Florida, I competed three years before I won. And my first Mm -hmm. year, this girl who had been there a couple times Mm -hmm. uh, came to me during one of the lunches and she was like, you know, Erica, um, just take it all in. You know, this can be a great learning experience for you to get it under your belt. And I was looking at her like, did you, did you play last year? Cause I, we seem to be on the same playing field. Like you didn't win. So what are you giving me advice for? Right. You know, so like people would kind of do stuff like that, but nobody ever got yeah. chatty with me cause they knew that I was, you know, I'm a beast on stage, so okay. I'm not the one. You know, you can yes, ship that in to someone else who's who's easily intimidated. But, you know, I'm a pantheress, so I I go for mine. You're a what? Pantheress. A panther. A female panther oh, all day. Okay. I thought you said <laughs> a panther. I was about to say, yeah, team panther. But, no, you're not. You're a Capricorn. I'm a Capricorn. Yeah. So, so Erica, I have a question because you you mentioned um, that, you know, being in a room and you're the only one, right? So um, Gabrielle Union spoke about um, being one of the only ones when she first started um, in just acting and modeling and being the only one. And she, she also spoke about how like her wardrobe they would set out different wardrobe for her um the makeup artists and stuff weren't tailored to her skin color did you experience Mm. any of that a lot you you deal with a lot of it because they don't understand us and they don't understand us from the context of the depth of our skin tones um quite frankly and I was taught this years and years and years ago, is that, you know, black women really don't need makeup. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? It's so funny for me to watch these girls on Instagram now that do all this full face of highlight and low light and contour. Baby, you don't need any of that. Like, straight up, we just, you know, makeup is to enhance, not to surprise. (laughs) Who told you I was wearing makeup? Oh, you're so rude. I just got a chemical peel. Stop. I drink water. And I'm on my business. That's what I'm saying. So, so you're saying that you I got never, used to almost not using it. Yeah, I just did my own thing. You had, I had to mm. learn to become the master of my own craft. And quite frankly, wow. you have to, you got to bring your own stuff going in, and you have to know how to fight for yourself. Um, yeah. There, I would go to photo shoots sometimes, and they would have a makeup artist from like, I had this Canadian white guy, Canadian makeup artist who. You know, he didn't know what to do with my face. He didn't know what to do with my hair. And I I had to do more work, and I had to be before time. Mm-hmm. Because usually you you don't want to halt the progress of the production, but you also need to make sure that you're right. right. Like and I'm then not going to look any kind of way. Angry black woman, if you're yeah. like, yeah, I'm like this. Yeah. That I'm you know what? I learned how to just not say anything. I learned how to be nice wow. to the artist because they don't know any better. And then I yeah. just go to the bathroom and fix it myself. And they might be mad, but I'm not coming out looking any kind of way. You can direct me and tell me Period. how you want me to look, but I'm not taking that. No. Not right. Yeah. Right. Now, okay, so these are like some little silly things um, before we get to, you know, life after. Um, 
a few silly things that I just want to know if y'all really do this stuff. Like, do y'all do the Vaseline on the teeth, the tape on the butt for the swimsuit? <laughs> do you guys actually pay attention to, like, statistics to be like, oh, you know, a black girl hasn't won in so-and-so years? You know you know what I mean? Like, stuff that you yeah. see on Miss Congeniality. No? <laughs> First of yeah. all, I love that movie. That's, like, yes, one of I my all-time favorite movies. It's so funny. Yes, I do. And there's a lot of truth, but there's a lot of just <laughs> sarcasm in it. Um, yeah. So for me, you know, since I've been doing this since the 80s, well, I don't do them anymore. I'm a judge now and yeah. I'm a host and I, I, I'm I on the other side. But, um, yeah, yeah, I mean, a lot of people would, you know, back then especially, people would use the Vaseline on your teeth and apparently because, you know, it's clear. So you don't necessarily put it on your teeth. You kind of more so put it on your gums because it keeps your, it keeps your, your lips lubricated enough to be able to, like, just stand there and smile for a long period of time and then if you're going to drop your smile during like your final judging basically the idea was it it was heavy enough that you know it would kind of like coat your teeth before you drop your smile so you know it kept you from looking like you were like quivering or whatever so that was the Vaseline thing now I used to I tried it it didn't really work but um and and you know what's so funny like when you're prepared for anything when you're prepared Mm -hmm. for the test you don't need to teach you so when you're prepared you don't need the hemorrhoid cream and the the tape on your butt no you should have worked out before you got there you know what I'm saying? Oh. Like, all that oh. stuff is just because you're trying to mask what you didn't prepare for. So, oh. you know, there have been, yeah, I'm, you know, that's that's just the real deal. Like, at the end of the day, you got to get right. You got to get tight and you got to get right before you even get to whatever the competition is. And so mm-hmm. I think a lot of people, they misstep that, you know, you need to do some kind of miracle, magical feat in order to make yourself that much closer, you know, get closer to the crown. But, you know, if you took your time and did what you were supposed to do beforehand, you don't need all those antics. You just go out and do your thing. Yep. Sounds good. Sounds good. So um, I guess now now that you did you kind you kind of mentioned that you're on the other side now right um mm-hmm. so what is it so I, I guess the first question i have for you is what is life like um after pageantry like what what does it look like for you so it's very different for everyone um of course but being that i went from um being a little girl doing this all the way up to Miss America and, and getting to the pinnacle uh, competition um, in in that regard. I, oh, boy, it has been, it's been, my, my life has been lovely in terms of I have had some opportunities that I know a lot of other women that are my peers and my contemporaries have not had an opportunity to experience. And I know that a lot of women who are from my family 
have never gotten a chance to experience. And I'm so grateful that I've been able to travel the places I have. You know, I think about all the times that I've gone places alone and I've just been safeguarded. Like God has really kept me in the midst of my popularity, in the midst of having notoriety. That's a very scary thing. You know, being yeah. being a celebrity, and I, I tell younger people this all the time, you think mm-hmm. you want fame until you get it. And you get mm-hmm. it, and then the downside of fame comes at you very hard. So that's why when you see, like, young actors or kid actors who fall off the wagon and they start doing drugs and they're just uncontrollable and all that stuff, that's because life comes at you really hard when you're somebody of interest. And you have to, you have to be, uh, you have to be really, um, not sheltered, but you got to be, straight up you got to be you you got to be on a whole different spiritual game in order to withstand a lot of these industries that that um we try to get into to be more popular or to have our talents seen and you have to be able to be in rooms that are not meant for you and you've got to do what you need to do not compromise yourself still feel good about getting your check and know that you you represented you yourself, your preparation, your family, your friends, your community at the mm-hmm. highest level possible when you're doing your work. So That's I'm amazing. grateful that on the other side, I've been able to. Yeah, I, I'm proud of who I who I've become. And you know, it sounds that way, and it sounds, you sound very confident, which which is good because I think that some people get pushed into this life. They don't have yeah. the confidence. Their confidence is actually. Um, the pillar of confidence is either their mom or whoever it is that pushed them into the industry. So them themselves don't have the confidence. Would you say it's your confidence or what would you say um, gave you the advantage over some of your peers? You talked about um, having different opportunities presented to you. What do you think, what about Erica that opened up more doors than it did for, and I'm just going to throw my name out there cause I'm, you know, but that it did for Kim, what, what about you made it so different? Oh gosh, I I think it's because I I'm very laser focused about what I want and it's you know, I don't I don't feel like I'm better than anybody else. I never have. I've never been that girl. I've never been like, Oh, I am all that in a bag of chips mm-hmm. against you. I just know that I'm all that in a bag of chips and you can be too. And if right. you are, then come on, let's do okay. this. Like, I'm okay. you know what I mean? yeah, like, I like that. That's where I'm at. I think the only person that I've legit ever been jealous of is like Beyonce. <laughs> <laughs> so, so like, right. I guess it's jealousy, yeah, but more so like envy. Like Beyonce is so bad. Yeah. And you know, like I, I would try to, I, I wouldn't try to emulate her, but. You know, we're the same age, and when she came out, it was like, who is this chick? Like, (laughs) she's everything, and I thought I was everything, and I still am, but we're just on different different playing fields. And let's not forget, you know, when we compare ourselves to people, we don't know the sacrifices that person made to be where they are. Like, you may not be willing to do what a Beyonce has, has had to go through. You may right. not be willing 
to have given up your life as, you know, a 20-year-old, as a college student. You may not have been willing to give and sacrifice your time to go to the gym at 430, and then you got to go to, you know, a recording session. You got to write for for two hours. You got you know, like there's a system that goes into success at various levels, and there's a matter of sacrifice that a lot of people don't want to admit that they have to commit to. Yeah, I agree with you. So I, I have a, two more questions for you in as far as life after. And I, I, want, I should have asked you this before, so I'll ask you now just a quick question. If you had a magic wand to change anything in that world, what would it be? Any one mm. thing that you could just change in the in the pageant um, industry, what would it be? And I guess we would want to know why. So I would change. I would change the fairness of 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 judging. I would change the fairness of the girls who um, deserve to win and never got a chance to, which means that I would not have been the first black woman to win Miss Florida and the only black woman to win Miss Florida. That means that mm-hmm. women way before me would have won, which is fine. I, mm-hmm. I would have been happy to be the seventh or the eighth black Miss Florida. Like, that would have been A-OK with me. But, mm-hmm. you know, I would certainly change the fact that a lot of people spent a lot of time and a lot of money. A lot of people's dreams were broken because of some nitwit who was a judge who didn't think that they were good enough. And I just, that that's the one thing that I would like to see different. There's a lot of women, um, you know, there's never been a Latina woman to win Miss America, which I find so fascinating. And wow. I, I just think about, that. oh, yeah, just, I mean, there's so many inequities. And when you think about it, it's like there's only one mm-hmm. Latina girl who's ever won this Florida. When, and it's like, wait a minute, Florida is Florida is, Florida is like this you know is Latina. Latina. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, so Florida when you think is about the imbalance of representation, and it's not just winning; it's more about the access and the ability to have the scholarship keep pursuing your goals, right? And so I won mm-hmm. over $80,000 as Miss, you know, throughout my time from Miss Florida to Miss America, I won $80,000. So when you think mm-hmm. about that, how many people are in student loan debt for 40, 50, 60, 80,000 bucks? That that would have been huge game changers for them if they yeah. had had the opportunity and if they had Same had access to that kind of money. <laughs> Me. Yeah. Shana's over here raising her hand. Me. Well, you should. You should have like, followed your dream, Shana. I should have. I should have. <laughs> so you would change the fairness. Now, if you weren't, and I, I, I somewhat, I think I know the answer to this. Maybe not, um, because of some of the next steps that you've taken um, with running for office. You ran for office. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, in 2017, I ran. How the fuck and why the fuck? Why? (laughs) Why did you do this? Um, Particularly because I wanted to see a change in my community that I felt like I could usher in. And 
I was looking at the landscape of of candidates and the person who was currently representing mm-hmm. um at that time was just not doing it. She was not doing it. She was not doing the job well. She was an embarrassment to my community. This is where I grew up. This is where I got my learning and my training. This is where I honed all of my skills. This is where my godmother lives. This is where my mom and daddy live. This is where my niece mm-hmm. and nephews live. And you don't get to represent me if I'm going to move back here, if I'm going to live here. So I'm going to take all the resources that I have gathered. I'm going to take my mouthpiece. I'm going to take all the knowledge that I know, and I'm going to make this situation better instead of just talking shit. So for me, it was important to not only talk about it, but really be about it. Because a lot of people like to talk on Facebook. A lot of people like to be political analysts. You know, Mm -hmm. they don't know not a thing about a thing, Mm -hmm. but they just want to put their two cents out there. But then once you put your hat into the ring and once you start asking people for their confidence in you and asking people for your vote and telling people that I've studied, I've, I've been to the city commission meetings, I have studied, you know, all of these these, these these different reports, and I know this and I know that, and I feel confident that I could be a better talking piece for you. I could be a better spokesperson for you than this person. That's when you know it's real, you know, and, and I just – I I got tired of people talking about the person who was in the position and not doing anything about getting her out. If she's not doing it, then remove her. Same thing with Trump. He got to go. He's a hot-ass mess. So why are we sitting here like, oh, well, he's president, so we have nothing to do. No, we do have a we have a choice. We have a voice. We have something that we can do. People just choose not to. People get scared. So I'm just not scared. Are you running like, again? I don't think I am, and I'll tell you why. Because mm-hmm. in the in the process of running, I ran for a local office, and yeah. um, what I learned about that was. Unfortunately, um, haters are real, and my haters came from people who, you know, it's funny the people who will smile in your face and who will absolutely punch you in the back, like punch you dead in your in your in, in your in your liver. Like they just they just don't care. They're so jealous of you. They're jealous of the fact that you have the balls to go and do something that you said you were going to do. Um, A lot of people didn't take me seriously that I was actually going to run until I filed. And when I filed, Mm -hmm. people were like, oh, 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 she for real. Yes, I don't have time to be talking about, oh, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. No, when I say I'm going to do it, it's going to be done. So, you know, I, I yeah, like the haters were real, though, and a lot of people, um, said they were going to support. A lot of people said they were going to vote for me, and they they got they shifted their position. I don't know if it was at the last minute, but you know, in politics, politics is politics dirty. is quite a dirty game. And yeah, it's dirty. I had a very um, notable campaign manager who was someone that I that had a lot of integrity and she was like, Listen, if you're gonna run this campaign and you're gonna try to do smear ads against your your the candidates and 
you're going to talk and bash people. I don't want to be a part of it. And I was like, got it. No problem. Mm-hmm. So every time that we I love came together, commercials. so funny, though. Yeah, I mean, but at the local <laughs> level, it's different. You know, they do that at the at the national level, which is just mind-blowing to me. Is the half part of that really get? Like, do people they really pay attention to that? Like, you know, can you really be that influenced by, oh, well, I saw this person at the casino, and they're blowing all of your, your taxpayer money and all. Like, really? Are y'all really listening to this crap? Because guess what? I don't know, Erica. I'd be listening. I don't know. But listen, I, this is the thing. I need all the, the same tea. people who are talking about someone, they got dirt on them, too. They got dirt yeah, on them. Yeah, it's true. You know what I'm oh, saying? Yeah. So it's, it's like. True, but I, I say it's fun for me to listen. So so <laughs> let me ask you. So you talked about your haters, and, and um, I don't know if I was right, so let me clear up my question. If it wasn't, if pageant life didn't choose you, because I feel like it kind of chose you, right? Because um, from so young, yeah, you being you, the princess, you right, you literally didn't have a choice. I feel, I feel like it chose you. So if yeah. pageant life did not choose you, what would you have, what would you have done? Like, yeah, what do you what think be doing? What What do you think your passion would be? Would it be to run for office? I think so. I think. Um, I think I always was designed to be someone in in um in the forefront, someone who okay. is a communicator, someone who is um an advocate for people. And that's just like when I was in, in elementary and grade school, like I always was considered like the leader. So the first time that, you know, in kindergarten my teacher chose the line leaders they chose me to be like the first line leader and it was like what am I supposed to do but they saw my teachers always saw the leadership in me and they gave me the positions first I was I was in fifth grade I was chosen to be captain of the patrols first time out I didn't know what I was doing but they knew that I would figure out what it was that I needed to do in order to fulfill that position. So my entire life has been laid out for leadership in some way. Yeah. And, yeah, you heard um, the Beyonce in every room. I'll take that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that's what I think. I think, and it's funny because I did a paper on leadership the other day, and I'll say that um, the argument was, is leadership learned or do you just is it natural abilities or is it something that can be learned and i honestly i honestly think you can learn certain things but i i don't think leadership is is something that is learned Agreed. you 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 either have it mm-hmm. or you don't there are things that you can learn Agreed. along the way like you said you learn the role of being a line leader but the natural abilities of being a leader you already had that um so yeah. i wanted to and other people were able to see it i think that's the other part about i'm sorry to cut you off but just no no, no that's fine that. I think that's a big part of leadership is that when other people see it naturally in you, you have to walk in alignment with who you naturally are. And I, I think so many of our kids get get sideswiped by trying to be a follower and they get sideswiped by trying to fit in and not let their light shine because they don't want to stand out. But when you are meant to stand out, then you need to be outstanding. Point blank. That's it. Yeah. I I agree. Um, so you you talk about your haters, and I want to go back to that before moving on. And I want to 
find out from you when you found out because clearly you don't know every single person, right? But when you found out right. some of the people that um, were truly not Team Erica, right? What what did you do and how did you deal with that? Like, how did you recover from that and be able to be resilient, still walk out every day, maybe still even say hello or good morning to these people if you run into them? Like, what steps did you take to be able to do that? As a leader, you have to connect to a higher power that gives you the strength to be able to withstand difficult situations and, and challenging circumstances. And that includes being in rooms with people who would rather see you suffer than to see you succeed. And I had to realize that, you know, as a young black woman, there are going to be times when black men and when white men are looking at me like she doesn't know what the hell she's doing. She doesn't know, Mm -hmm. you know, they just have this attitude about, and I'm not just saying it against men, but it's just the idea like, if if I'm the only young woman in the room, which this has happened as well, where mm-hmm. not only am I the only black person, but I'm the only woman in the room, and I'm the youngest woman in the room, then mm-hmm. I really have to put on. I really have to know what I'm talking about. I really have to be prepared to be in this setting. And if I'm here, then guess what? I'm supposed to be. You know, nothing happens by accident. Nothing happens by chance. You are always everywhere that you're supposed to be by design and by divine order. And so I have learned how to hold my position knowing that I'm only there because I'm supposed to be. And even if Mm -hmm. I don't have anything to contribute, that doesn't mean I'm not observing. That doesn't mean that I'm not going to be ready for the next time. That just Mm -hmm. means that, you know, I have to prove to you that I've got the greatest poker face in the game. And you don't know what my car told. You just know that I'm here. I'm at the table. And that's all that I need to do. Just be at the right table. Now. And sometimes it's better to be silent because you can move so much wiser in your silence than you can if you're just talking like a fool. Right. Yeah, I agree with that. And I just want for everybody that listened today, I did not tell Erica. I just met Erica. I did not tell her to use that line by design. I'm just putting that disclaimer out there because that's what I say all the time. I feel like okay. everything is by design. It is working Absolutely. as design. Yes. So I say that to Shane all the time. I'm like, I'm really, really, like, if something's, like, hurting me, whatever the case is, I was like, listen, I'm hurt right now. I'm very upset. I'm going to cry about it. I'm going to cry again about it, but I understand that it's working as design, and I just have to understand that. And that's kind of how I operate. I'm like, this is happening for a reason. Mm-hmm. Nothing happens on accident. So that's that's definitely a word. Um, I'll turn it over to Shana because um, I think mm-hmm. I got most of my questions. I don't want to bombard you with um, with all no, of my questions that I have. So, so um, you said something about being able to walk into these rooms where you are, you know, either the only black person, the only female, the youngest, whatever it is. You're able to walk into these rooms, represent yourself, and, you know, still be able to have the room, you know, comfortable. You're not walking into it and, you know, shaking it necessarily. You're, you're still making it comfortable. Um, have you right. ever heard or or experienced any comments of you being somewhat of a sellout because we know those rooms are lily white yeah um so 
I I got married when I was 25. Yes, ma'am. That's where I'm going with this. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Yeah, I got married when I was 25, and uh, I won Miss America when I was 21, and I was like, mm-hmm. you know, the jewel of Orlando, and, you know, it was very unique that a black girl from Orlando, because Orlando is a big city to a lot of people, but it's really a small town. And so yes, it black girl, it's a big, rich town. I had to say that. <laughs> Straight up. So um, for a black girl to be able to do what I got a chance to do at such a young age and have the type of, the type of uh, notoriety that I received at that age, it was like yes. huge. Because most people, most people don't, you know, if, if anybody makes it big, it's going to be for either being an entertainer or for, yeah. you know, like for something. Something Disney-related when it's Orlando. Yeah, it's, it's not, not going to be for like being an American icon. Like, right. Um, right. So it gave me a different level of respect from a lot of people. However, I was ready to be married. Like, I wanted to, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a monogamous, period, like, I just, I like being in a relationship, and I knew mm-hmm. that where I was going, I needed the covering of of a husband, and what that meant for me at that time was just that I wanted a partner, and I wanted someone who wanted me for me, and I'm not going to just sit around and date a bunch of people. I, I just, I, that was not me, so I got married. You, you got that? Yes. What's that? Did you do you think you got that when you married? Um, well, you know, he was he was a he was a great first husband. He was a good appetizer husband. <laughs> as I call him. Um he I'm ready for my entree. I'm ready for the full course. But you know, he was a good appetizer. So Okay. Um yeah. So like a starter and I'm home. grateful for him. But a starter husband. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. He was hmm. a starter husband. And he was a good person, like you know, I'm so grateful that I had that experience with him because okay. he was a good person. He was good to me, but he was a white guy, and I got thrashed for that. Oh, my yes, God. Yes, you did. What? Yes, I you got did. thrashed for marrying a white boy. I still to this yep. day, um, the guy that I was most recently dating, he was like, you know, that was one of the reasons why I never dated you is because you, you married that white boy. And wow. I was like, first of all, grow up. Because wow. you didn't have it in you to pursue me properly. Because let me tell you something about that white boy. That white boy came after me, honey. All oh, day. You know he he told me what it was. Like, yeah. he did not play those games. And he was yeah. my age. He was actually a little younger than me. He was like six months younger than me. And when I tell you that he he started he liked me back at UCF. We were classmates. And yeah. back then I was just like, what are we gonna do? Like, okay, I appreciate that you like me, but this ain't gonna work. And then I went to right. America and I started, you know, dating celebrities and started dating other guys and it just wasn't ever working out. The vibes were never right. And when he came around again I was. You were playing No, he just he just caught me at a good time. Like I had just moved okay. to Tennessee. I was starting that career, which was in music, and he just was asking me the questions that mattered. He was asking me about like, well, what's your day like, and how are you making it when you're like not working your normal thing? Like, you know, he was just, he was concerned about what how I was living. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He was 
yeah. concerned about if I was happy with what I was pursuing. And he would ask me questions about, you know, how could I improve? And he was just interested mm-hmm. in me. That's how they get you. Yeah. I really that, feel like listen. that's how they get you. So let me ask you. But it worked. Of course it's going to work. Yeah. But let me ask you, did, like, what, did you have, like, a, a strategy um, to filter, right? Because at this point, you like, I'm sure, well, not DMs at that point, because, but say, for instance, this, this day and age, back then, DM, DMs are popping. So yeah. how did you right. filter? Like, do you think that that's how you ended up with him? Like, meaning because he, he, you knew he liked you from before, so there's not much filtering that needs to be done. You know it's not for your fame. You know it's not for that. Um, do you think that had anything to do with your decision to be with him? Yeah, it did because I had I, I dated a guy who looked like the perfect match. The black guy, he lived in D.C. He was an investment banker. He was tall. He was fine. He was accomplished. Ooh, that sounds good, yeah. He was everything. When I what was wrong with him? him? He, he was, was he had a whole He had a whole fiancé. Oh, shit. Okay. But he had right. a whole fiancé. <laughs> mm-hmm. He had a whole fiancé, and I didn't know it. He was just into me. When he, when he met me, it was like, oh. You know, yeah. wow, I didn't, you know, he didn't know that I existed. And then when he met me, it was like, let's try this out. And so he was managing me and the other girl because we lived in two different places. And wow. me and him, we never, we didn't really see each other very much. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, mm-hmm. he lived in D.C. I lived in Tennessee at the time. So it was like, I saw him mm-hmm. every three weeks because his work schedule was always so busy and all this. No, mm-hmm. you had a whole nother woman. Oh, all right. Family. You know what I'm saying? And and that was the thing that went after that experience, I was like, oh, no, uh-uh. I need a, yeah. a whole single person. I need someone a who's whole completely single. A single person that's nice. You know what I'm saying? Somebody safe. Somebody safe. Somebody, somebody who really nice for me to me. And isn't going to just see me and get glitter in their eyes because they're like, oh, she's Miss America, and I'm, you know, I, I want to try that or I want to get with her. No. Yeah. I need you to like me when I'm not being Miss America. Because when right. I'm at home and I have no makeup on and my breath stinks, I'm not what you consider to be Miss America in those moments. But that's mm-hmm. what you're going to see most of the time. You're not yeah. going to yeah. get, you know, the the well-polished, you know, beauty queen all day, every day. Like, was that like your first white guy? Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> I, <laughs> I had dated another white guy when I was in college but it was okay. very like he was he was he was in a black fraternity like he oh, okay. you know so he, he, was yeah, he was basically black. yeah yeah yeah, so yeah he, he was a whole first. different person yeah so right. um so this is your first lily white yeah that was my first lily white but he was super sweet he was a good guy but at the same time we weren't built from the same fabric we, yeah, we were just yeah. not tough with some talk, and I knew that I wasn't going to be able to have kids with him. I knew they would be taken care of, but I knew that they weren't going to be special. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, uh, I it's just, true. I think once, if you're dating someone and as a woman, if you know that you don't want to have kids with them, you need to keep it moving. Yeah. So wait, you knew they weren't going to be special? Well, I mean, they were going to be special on account of me, but um, I just didn't really feel it. Like, I didn't feel like 
he was going to be able to, like, that was going to be a black child no matter what, right? And so I just didn't yeah. know if they were going to be able to, if he was going to be able to nurture their uniqueness, like he wasn't, if he was going to be able to raise girl. a black child. Right. Like, What's you're that? dating a black person, but you're not really yeah. prepared to take on the task of raising black children. That's something completely different. Yeah, I mean, like... I, 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 just, like, I just felt like there was going to be kind of normal, like a normal, very normal existence. That yeah, I don't I, know. I, I feel I, like dating some, dating a black child and raising. I feel like dating is even harder than raising because when a child's already here, people already have that notion. Okay, the child's already here. What is he going to do? He has to take care of the child. Versus pursuing an actual black girl I feel yeah, like that's more think about it this kid that's gonna come is black and white you're always you being the white person you're always going to show them the whiter side of life no matter how you're like oh yeah your mom's black yeah you know Absolutely. Da, da, da. you're not going to have a black mentality like when your when your kid comes to you and says hey that person was looking at me weird you're gonna be like oh no they weren't they probably just like your shirt. Like, <laughs> yeah. nah, fam. I need you to be able yeah. to okay, so, 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 no. So, okay. So, I think that we're, I think, I think what's happening here is that we're, we're not really aligned with his true issue. So, his true issue is, is not that, it's just that he just doesn't have awareness. That's what it is. Because you do right. have, you have your, what's the comedian's name? Gary? Is that his name? Gary. Right. Mm-hmm. He is very, woke. he's woke. Right. So he was just not, he's just not a very aware person. Is that what we're saying was his downfall when it came on to race? Yeah, I think that that was, that was going to be an issue. Now, he's moved on and he's married. Um, she's biracial, but, you know, she's a black girl. Um, and she already had a child, so, you know, he's raising that child, but that child was with a white guy, and so basically... You know, oh, so, yeah, it's a lot of white. You know, it's a whole different thing. But, like, yeah, yeah. as you were, to your point, saying that, like, literally what I realized in the time we were married for four years, and in that four years, what I started to really pay attention to was that, hmm, we're taking a lot of time with your family. We're always with your people. We're always with Whoa. your you parents. you see what I'm saying? We're on vacation with your parents. When it's time to go and sit at my mom's house. He don't want to go to the barbecue. He don't want to go to the barbecue. No. No, when I went to my family reunion in the middle of nowhere, Georgia, he was like, he was there, but he was just there to save face. He wasn't there to read. Nah, my nigga. I need you to kiss my grandma. Did he try the cornbread? Did he try the cornbread? Did he eat the food? (laughs) I mean, okay, so we were very different as far as food was concerned. Um, I'll never forget one time he told me, and this is just my experience, but once he told me, you know, I really wish that you would just make the macaroni just like out the box instead of doing all the like putting it in the (laughs) oven. Good old man, you can't use barbecue. That goes on top of the pasta after it's done. Y'all need more cheese in it. Where's the cheddar, the gruyere, the Monterey Jack? Mm mm. Okay, more Parmesan cheese and with this water. So you just diluted this cheese. So it basically don't taste like nothing. Okay. You know what? And I was like, uh, 
I don't oh, know no. how to do that. Like, <laughs> I don't know how to make powdered craft macaroni and cheese. Like, why would I do that? Like, that's gross. And he was like, yeah, but, you know, like, I made this macaroni. I put my foot in this macaroni. And he was like, yes, mm, it was okay, but I really just like it out the box. I should have known this was going to be some bullshit. <laughs> we were oh, just good. Yeah. 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 So yeah, tell that's me the now, kind of stuff I'm talking about. Before like, we leave the appetizer. Literally. Before we leave the appetizer. Tell me about the tell me about the appetizer. Like what 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 he what was he working with? You know, I can't let you <laughs> um, I have been very fortunate. Um he was I had he was him, decent. I had to teach him what to do, but he was not lacking. Mm. Let me be very clear. conversation or how, how did that how did that happen? oh yeah like how'd that breakup go so we were on the amazing race tv show together yeah and um that was it's like a scavenger hunt around the world and mm-hmm. we did that in 2008 and during that production during that time like it's a very it's a very authentic tv show like it is real deal. Like you're literally running, you're literally, you know, negotiating with people for, for rides when you don't have money. Like you're in Vietnam and you're trying to talk to people who don't speak English and you know, you're, you're making your way around the world. And so we did that mm-hmm. show together and um, we became finalists, but we fell short from actually winning the prize was a million dollars, of course. So that would have been nice, but yeah. In that 27 days with him, I learned very early on that this is not my life. I cannot live my life with this dude. He is not, we, no, not doing it. Can't mm-hmm. do it. Like, I'm going to eat him a lot. And mm-hmm. not from the standpoint of I'm too strong. It's just that I was built for much bigger. I was built for a man yeah. who is like a whole man who can like, Really yeah. take me Enjoy and enjoy the mac and cheese. You, right. you feel me? Like yeah. he wants all the cheese. He wants all okay. the eggs. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like this dude mm-hmm. is just. I don't want to diminish him, and I refuse to to make him look lesser because he really is a great person. But right, yeah. yeah, like I'm velvet, and he's no. Cotton. But so, so I think I think I think great people, and and you know I didn't find out in the beginning of the interview do you go by another name seeing that you're no do you have like a famous name and a home name no okay Mm-mm. no, no I'm just Erica. your your story even though it's completely two different industries and all it's kind of similar it kind of meshes but as i'm listening to you and as i've like read your story and stuff it really really reminds me of gabrielle and some of the things that she faced and she has a home name and a and a um celebrity name so that's why i asked 
So um, now I, I lost my thought. I was asking. What was I asking? I don't know. I don't know either. It was something about the macaroni and cheese, and then it triggered a question for me. Hmm. It'll come back. But so it was after the Amazing Race. You're saying that you um yeah after the Amazing Race came back. Yeah, I I came back and I immediately went to therapy. Started going to therapy just because I just realized like, what am I doing with this guy? Like, no, this is not gonna be this is not gonna be the kind of life that I really really want. And so, um, started going to my therapist and she was just like, really helping me to see what the like the writing's on the wall you just have to be able to make the decision and go with it and so um we had to drive down to uh to florida to go my mom was admitted into the hospital and um it was just like a really tense time altogether. but it was during Thanksgiving and we weren't planning on going home for Thanksgiving. He's from, he's from Florida as well. And so we weren't planning on going home. So we had to drive because the flights were just like way too expensive. And, um, on that drive, that's when I told him, like, listen, I love you as a person and I will do my best to always be there for you, but this is not going to work. And, and how do you think it? Uh, he negotiated with me for quite some time and he really tried to, um, he really tried to just do whatever he thought that it took to keep uh-huh. me, but it's so mm-hmm. much further than actions. It was, it, it, it was internal. It was an internal yeah. knowing that yeah. this is not what I want. And I can go through the motions with you. And then five years later, we're still going to be here. Yeah. And we're probably going to have a child by then. And then it's going to be messy. More so, complicated. Yeah. Yeah. So it was just like I had to stick to my guns. And when I really knew that it was time to get get out of it was when we came home that at that time, my mom was in the hospital. Mind you, my mom was not a sick. She's never been really a sickly person. And so for her to be in the hospital was a huge deal. So mm-hmm. she had to have surgery. And um, my mom was, like, recovering. And his mom was like, oh, well, since you guys came home, I would love for you to come down to Tampa and take pictures for the Christmas cards that we're going to put out. And I need for you to have like a white shirt and have jeans and have all, like she gave us the, the, the photo shoot, you know, theme and all this stuff. And she was pressing me about coming down to take this photo shoot. And I was like, you, my mother right. is in the hospital. I don't give a damn about your photo shoot. Like lady, get off my back. So they did the photo shoot and they were like, well, we'll just put you in later. And I was like, little, do you know, you don't need to put me in. Like I'm out of Christmas. I'm out of this piece. Like you don't have to worry about photoshopping me at all because I'm not, I don't need to be in it. So it was literally very figurative. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, it was very illustrative in that moment that if I'm not in the picture, then I'm not in the picture. Literally. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, it was, it was, the time was right. Yeah. So even, right. and I don't regret that. Was he still, like, trying to convince you even after you filed? Yeah, he did not sign for, like, almost 10 months. So, you know, and, and I really felt bad because no one, literally no one in his family has ever been divorced except for oh, him. Wow. And I hated to be the person to do that. I hate yeah, to have that mark one. on me. 
I hated uh-huh. to have that mark on him. But yeah. it was either do I save him or do I save myself? And actually, I had both of you guys. I'm sure he realizes that now. Oh my gosh, he's so much happier. He's got to be happier. The woman yeah. I was with, I've had conversations with her. Like she contacted me after they got engaged, and she was just like, you know, I just want to know, like, you know, what really happened between y'all. And wait, whoa, I'm like, whoa, oh, yeah. people yeah. do that? That's weird as shit. I mean, you know, she did. So whatever, like. She reached That's out to me on Twitter and I was like... Did you tell her don't be getting too excited with the mac and cheese now? <laughs> no, because he, he was everything to her and I was everything to him. You feel me? So mm-hmm. I feel like a man should be adored by his woman. And she was in the position... Like, he, she, he's the best thing that ever happened to her. Right. And that what you need. <laughs> like, that's what she needed. So I yeah. wasn't going to yeah. I just yeah. had her straight up. Like, he's a great person. He's a good person. It just wasn't meant for us to be, and I'm so glad that you all have your chance. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. So, that's and they're crazy. doing fine. Yeah. That's so, perfect. he's got to be happier. He's got to be happier. Yeah, we'll have him on the show next week. week. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, canceling my yeah. <laughs> So, back to when I met you now. When I met you, we're at this party. We're having a good time. And, um, you know, you could, t- you were really happy. That's one thing. I didn't know you a long time, clearly, but you were really happy. You were in a relationship with a Jamaican guy, and you were very, very happy. Yeah. I remember when I met you, you were telling me about him. You were were learning how to cook for this man. You were just (laughs) living your life. He liked my mac and cheese. (laughs) There you go. Okay. So he know he knows it. So yeah, so yes. I know you were with this guy. You were very happy, and then I just remember seeing that you know tragedy struck, and he was no longer with us. And mm-hmm. I told you I definitely wrote you a message then, and I can tell you right now that you know my condolences to you and to that lovely being that you were so in love with and I loved watching you guys together on Instagram. Oh, thank you. Yeah, he was special. He he still remains very special in my, my heart and I'm so 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 grateful I had the chance to love him. And I I don't know, he was literally an angel to me. Like he was my he was the most special lover that anyone could have ever experienced he was just he helped to heal me I helped to heal him he taught me how to be the woman that I am today um Mm. I think he helped me to become a better woman he helped me Mm -hmm. to love myself when I was really really broken like I was I'm, I'm confident and I'm sure of myself but I also have my insecurities and I have my moments and in that time of my life, I was really going through it and not knowing that, you know, you don't always stay on top of the the mountaintop. Like, mm-hmm. you might get a nosebleed. You got to come down. <laughs> so sometimes you go into the valley. And when you go into mm-hmm. those valleys of life, 
you have to you, you just have to grow through it and stand in it and learn and and just get through and get the the, the lessons and the messages you're you're being sent and he really helped me to do that he helped me to do it with dignity he always treated me like a queen and he always would <laughs> the thing that now he was seven years younger than me okay so yes i remember just, hearing that what he was everything but what was so special is that he would just like stop everything he was doing he would just stare at me and he'd be like you're sexy you know and i'd be like boy you better stop stop it all and when I was feeling my worst he Mm -hmm. would tell me how sexy I was and tell me how beautiful I was and he would like pour into me and that's how we talked to each other we just talked to each other like you know he was my king and I was absolutely positively his queen and it was my honor to be able to Serve him, love him, live with him. Agreed. Now, um, sounds sounds like a fairy tale. I like, I love love. Oh my god! When I tell you, like, they were so sweet together. (laughs) They were so sweet together. Now, um, he was good. How how exactly did he pass? So, um, his life was when we met. Uh, he was just recovering from a lot of trauma. Um, his mother was murdered in Jamaica and the killers got off with it and he was just completely depressed about that as mm-hmm. makes sense, you know? And so, um, I didn't understand what it meant to live with a depressed person who had had, you know, panic attacks and anxiety attacks. I didn't, I, I had never lived that life. And so when mm-hmm. he told me, we were two weeks into dating and he was like, hey, I just want to let you know that I take antidepressants because of this reason. And mm-hmm. when he opened up to me, it was like, well, you know what? It's big of you to even tell me that and so I'm going to walk through this with you because you were open enough and you were honest enough to just let me know and give me the chance to make the decision do I want to go down this road with this guy before I get too far Mm -hmm. and he was just very special in that regard so I took that and I ran with it because you know a lot of people are doing things they're taking meds or they're taking drugs or they're doing things and they don't let their people know you know they're kind of like suffering in silence and you really need a team when you have those challenges you got to have people surrounding you who can be a real support and you have to be able to know whether or not they're they're going to be there for the right reasons or they're going to trip out on you or you know you got to just know what you're dealing with and so he let me know up front and I gave him a lot of credit for that. So we decided to walk down that path and he just was open with me about, you know, how the medication made him feel. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I just, I observed him a lot of the time just to make sure that he was really okay in the midst of his healing. And um, he was just, I think he was overcome with his depression and um, he committed suicide in 2015. So, um, 
it's not something that I, I mean, I was not aware that he was that sick. You know what I'm saying? Of like, course. I just didn't know. I didn't yeah. know that he was that ill. Um, oh, geez. And it's easy to be like, well, oh, how how could you live with somebody and not know? Well, a lot of no, times well, people do no, hide it. They don't want you to know. Yeah. And as a man and as the man who was with someone like me, he really didn't want me to know when he was sad. He didn't want you know, he never let on mm-hmm. when he was not feeling well because he needed to be strong and it was like you really don't need to be, but I didn't know how deep his pain was. Right. You know, I'm so fortunate I have my mother, I have my father and and I don't know what that pain is like. I can only imagine right. it. Right. Yeah. So, so hindsight, um, losing him was a big blow. Yeah, I'm sure because of of how much like how compatible you guys were, and yeah, just in general, just learning new things about yourself with someone that brought it out of you. You know what I mean? Like it's one thing to yeah. know that okay, I know I'm confident, I know I'm this, but you you're right. There are those valleys. There are those times that you just straight up you don't feel yourself, it and you don't feel it like you really don't and for somebody else to be able to show you that and you connect with them on a deep and level so genuine and yeah. yeah and it's genuine so let me ask mm-hmm. you hindsight looking back just playing back everything and i know that our mind is a wor- our worst enemy hindsight are there any little signs that you think in the in the leading days that you would have picked up on or that to do it all over again, which I, I clearly not to do the, the the painful part. Is there anything leading up to that day that you could say that maybe that's something to magnify for just others that that are in situations that they don't even know how deep um, the person they're living with is in pain? Are there any oh. little things that? we think are little, right? Because we don't know what it means. Because I'll be honest with you, Erica, I don't know what it means or what it looks like, right? Um, and you, mm-hmm. thought, you too thought it was that little at the time, but now you realize that, you know, it could be something to possibly look at in the future. What is something like that that you can remember? I thought that it was managed. I thought that he was managing it. And one of the things that um, you really need to pay attention to is if your person is taking medication, especially um, any type of um, psychiatric medication, you just need mm-hmm. to be mindful that you cannot just drop it. You can't just stop taking it cold turkey. You have to wean off and you have to have a very strategic regimen and routine to to circumvent you know, coming off of that medication. So you've got mm-hmm. to have a plan for, okay, you, you you exercise, you go to your therapy, you eat a certain way, and you take only one pill instead of taking three. You know what I'm saying? Like, you've got to have yeah. a real plan. There needs to be a plan, You yeah. have to have a support system, and you have to be on top of it in order to get yourself back whole. And so yeah. I would tell people to really pay attention to that because he did, he told me um, that he just didn't like the way it made him feel and he was just going to stop taking it. But yeah. I didn't know what that meant. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I have stopped taking antibiotics. You know, I, I've stopped taking just like 
over-the-counter stuff because mm-hmm. I felt better. But that's mm-hmm. a completely different ball game than when yeah. you stop taking your prescribed medication for your psychological challenges. And, and, and those chemicals, when they become imbalanced, it really can mess with you. And, you know, it, it helped me to start really paying attention to when you listen to TV and when you watch TV and you're, you're listening to those ads and the graphics are showing you people having a great time and they're eating hot dogs and they're at the fair. And But mm-hmm. if you listen to the, the, the speed talk during the right oh you can't drink uh grapefruit juice with this or you you should yeah. if you feel like you're having symptoms of depression or da 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 like listen to just take the time to not pay attention to the graphics of some of these it's commercials damn there, everything when they talk breathe. about drugs what's that it's damn there everything but breathe don't do nothing but I'm breathe and take you. this pill literally Oh, yeah. this pill is going to solve this problem, and it makes this so yeah. much better. But, by the way, there's a dark side, and this is a dark time. We're going to save really fast if you're not paying attention. Da, 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 da. And yeah. that yeah. is the problem that we're not paying yeah. attention to. So, you know, I just, I mean, especially for black men, especially for Caribbean men, like, mm-hmm. you know, his family gave me hell after he uh, passed away. I wasn't really yeah. able to mourn him until, like, two weeks later because his family pointed the finger at me and they said that I was the reason and they didn't, man, them people's crazy. They, they, they just made me out to be the victim, um, or the cause. And they needed to point the finger at somebody and they Mm -hmm. made me out to be the reason why he would do something so tragic and so, so, um, dramatic and Jesus. the fact that like his aunt said that and I was like you know I have words for you but I don't even need to tell you lady like you have no idea what I have gone through you know what yeah, I'm saying like I walked into my house and my whole life was completely different from that moment on and she never had to see that she never had to deal with that she just came into town and orchestrated a funeral but she didn't have to see what I saw. And so you were him? Yes. I um I um, found him. I walked into our house. I noticed that his car was outside and he was supposed to be at work. And so when I was going up the stairs, I was just kinda like, Oh, he must be in the shower, he must be going to work later and I was hopeful, but I didn't, you know, I didn't have any thoughts at that time until I opened the door and I found him on the floor in our living room. And my whole life was just like, it was like a horror movie straight up. And literally I just, I, I like fell out of the door. I just, I kept running out of the door and I'm running and I'm screaming and my neighbors were like, what the hell is going on? And I had left my phone in the car because I was coming in for just a minute and it was just like... It was crazy. So did you, it was did crazy. you leave wow. something home? Did you what, why why were you home? So I had gone to work at eight o'clock that morning and he and I had texted at around ten. That was the last time we talked to each other. Um I had meetings at work that I was gonna be in until twelve and then I came home at twelve ish, like twelve thirty, um, because I was gonna be leaving out of town later that night. I was gonna drive from work 
and go to, down to Miami for a conference. And he knew that it was on a Friday. And so, bless his heart, he waited all week. Um, he let me get through the week. I really believe that. Like, he, he didn't want to interrupt. What, I, I, well, I don't know if he thought that much, but I feel like he thought enough of his plan and when he was going to, you know, carry out his plan to make sure that it wasn't, like, on Wednesday. Because when I look back at how things played out, he really could have done it any day. He could have yeah. involved me. He could have picked a fight. Like, you know, like, we didn't fight. We didn't argue. But I just look back at some of the things that happened that week leading up to it. And, you know, was, was he, he just, different that week? Was he more loving, less loving? He was loving? a lot slower that week. He was a lot more lethargic that week. He was a lot, He, you know, he's, he, he's you know, he's a Jamaican no, man. Like, he works all the time. Fine. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So he just didn't get up. You know, he didn't get up in the morning. He was just kind of, like, laying around, which was not liking him. But yeah. he was just like, yeah, you know, I'm just, I'm just chill this week or whatever. I don't have to go to work until late. And so I just kind of bought it. But um, he only went to work one day that week, and he didn't go to work the other days, and I didn't know that he wasn't going. And, yeah. um, you know, it's just – I just – I feel for him – even now, I just feel for him not being able to tell me. But at the same time, you know, um, I had to, you know, go to therapy for that as well. Yeah, and of course. it taught me that, you know, we all we all have a destiny. And yeah. uh, as much as we don't want to admit that that's a part of somebody's plan for their life, like, um I, I'm I've, I've just reconciled with the fact that he made a decision that I could not change. It wasn't about me. It had nothing to do with anybody but how he was feeling and how he really felt like the biggest gift in his world, his mother, was just taken from him. And it was never respected enough. And it was never reconciled. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I, I mean... I, I wholeheartedly believe you or I agree with you. Like the decision that it, it was made, right? So that decision was written. It had nothing yeah. to do with you. There's nothing you could have done to, to change the actual outcome. Maybe the day of the week, but the actual outcome, nothing you could have done differently, to be honest with you. Even if you noticed right. he wasn't going to work, um, maybe it would have been, oh, I'm on PTO. And you would have, like you said, that was your king. You would have bought it. I would have bought it. You know what I mean? Right. So. Yeah. But it was just, uh, it was a tough time, but I'm so but glad. Question, do you have his aunt's number, the one that, um. Yeah. No, we that lady don't, I don't never need, no, she never needs to contact me. Because now I don't oh need to tell her what the hell I got to say. So please don't ever. <laughs> no. We're done. We're done. I'm, the only I'm reason why like I want to call her. Each other she needs to hear it in Papua. Yeah, I feel like her and Jamaican. Like, right. we need to say something to her because yeah. she is tripping. Yeah, if you she's have her, I just want to see line. Yeah, that's crazy. Now, um, nah, here at the Lipstick Laundry, here at the Lipstick Laundry, we are big fans of putting on lipstick and moving forward with our lives. Like, that is what we do. Like, you know, you cover that up is. whatever it is. You go out and you just get your life done. That's how I'm making it. That's how Kim's making it. And I'm sure that's how you are, too. Yeah? Yes. Um, Absolutely. What, 
Now, I see that um, you also do speeches, like, about self-care, and I think we all need it, and I sure as shit don't know what the hell that is. So <laughs> I need you to just share for me one good self-care tip that we should be doing. How did you get through so, all this? Everything. Yes, because I – and I'm still growing through things, you know what I'm saying? So I would I, – I constantly tell people that, um, you know – regardless of your religion, you have to recognize that there is a spirit that lives within and you have to acknowledge that spirit on a daily basis. You have got to take the time to quiet yourself. If that means that you, if you have a house full of people and that means that you have to sacrifice and wake up at five o'clock or four thirty or whatever, just to get some peace to start your day, that's what you you got to do. You owe it to yourself. So self-care to me is taking the time to really become one with yourself so that you can be your best self. Like you can be vibrating at the highest possible level um, mm-hmm. because it's easy to get dragged down with all just the stuff you have to do and Absolutely. the bills you have to pay and oh, uh, 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 it's like so, there's so all air something. Let me ask you. So, this self care that you that you or this advice that you're giving, um, is it safe to say um, it looks different for everyone? So, for me, because I'm really into makeup and stuff like that now. Yeah, right now, <laughs> I'm really into makeup. as I'm looking at lashes. Um, <laughs> so, seeing that I'm really into that, maybe taking 30 minutes a day and just playing in makeup is that self care? Yeah, I think so. I think that as long as it's something that's not harmful to you, um, but also be mindful of not overspending because a part of self-care is not spending so much that you are, you know, not paying. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I think we lost you. Boom. (laughs) That's the problem. Sorry. Don't mean to touch a nerve. (laughs) Don't mean to touch a nerve. I know. Is there anything while I'm playing in makeup, is there anything that I should be doing? Whether it be makeup, whether it be Play-Doh, whatever your self-care, whatever makes you your happy place for 30 minutes a day or whatever the time frame is, is there something that I should be doing? Should I be, I don't know, counting to 10? Should I be doing something while I'm in Zen? You know, while you're taking your time to do whatever it is that you do, I think um, the type of music that we listen to is so critical and the type of things that we're we're intaking. And so a big part of self-care is also just eating well, listening to things that are useful and good to you. Um, I'm not saying don't mm-hmm. listen to music. I'm just saying that, you know, do you have to listen to the same music every single day on repeat? Like, those are messages. So those messages that you're telling yourself, you have to know how to how to make sure that they are useful to you at all yeah. times. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So all the messages that you're intaking, whether you're watching certain things, eating certain things, or or listening to to various music, like make sure mm-hmm. that it's something that's edifying to who you want to become and who you want to be known for. You know. Um, I just I think it's it's important for us to be well rounded in what we intake and mm-hmm. don't have too much junk in any one area or another. Agreed. Agreed. Now, uh, Miss Erica, are you dating currently? <laughs> oh 
God bless coronavirus. You know, I um, <laughs> I I have a situation ship that um, okay, you okay. know, it is what it is, and that's the even worse part about not having my person that was so wonderful to me um, because he was so great, and now he yeah, and then all he sent you back out like, here now to the dating world with these bullshit that's happening. It's not. It ain't what it used to be. Let me tell you, it is really it ghetto. Is it is so ghetto. <laughs> dating is very ghetto. 2020 is ghetto. Yes. 2020 is the total reflection of the dating pool in, yes. in my life. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> so I'm ready for something way better. I'm waiting. I'm, I'm ready. I am preparing myself. I, I have a book that I'm reading. It's called The Power of the Praying Wife. And um, the person I'm dating is not my husband. Well, I'm not dating, but the person that whatever I'm seeing. um, Mm -hmm. And I know that. However, I am preparing for the man who is. And um, in doing so, you know, it's important to just continuously take the steps necessary to get yourself ready. And yeah, but are I'm you also out. out there dating with a purpose, or are you just sitting down, kind of waiting on the situation to kind of yeah work? Itself right out? now, I am, and that's mainly because we're all under under quarantine. quarantine. Quite frankly, yeah. I'm not you know I'm not answering any DMs. I'm not. I'm just not focused on it. It's just not. I know that I've had successes in the past with relationships, and so I'm just. I am waiting for. The, the the right person who undeniably knows that I am his woman and I am yes, his wife, he's going to show up. And when he does, I'm not going to have any doubts. I'm not going to have any work to do. That's my main thing. I'm just not – I'm always willing to improve, but I'm not yeah. working anymore. Uh-uh. No. You got to come – you got to come correct. Yeah. <laughs> At this point, yeah. like, I – I say it all the time, like, whatever comes next, it cannot be the struggle. Like, it has to be two complete beings coming together and forming into, like, super something. I'm not doing oh, yeah. the struggle. I'm not trying yeah. to work it out. Like, I just want peace, and somehow you're supposed to be growth to my life. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Right? That yeah. is just how I feel. <laughs> now, um, are there kids in your future, Erica? Are you seeing children? I am, and I'm I'm very much excited about that and looking forward to it. Um, I, you know, I'm 38, so it's like time is ticking. But I also, um, I'm just prayerful for the right situation to come into place. So. It's coming. Agreed. We're putting that out there. It's all about manifestation. So say it loud yeah. and say it proud, baby. Yeah. Yep. And um, in the meantime, you can feel free to drive three hours south and borrow a three-year-old boy. <laughs> oh, ready okay. He could be packed and ready in ten minutes. Come get him. For real, ten minutes. an issue because we can make it five. For real. Huh? <laughs> That's how fast. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh guys, well I will I will keep your number on speed dial so that we can go through um some tips and tricks. Yes, in order ma'am. To keep, keep Thank yourself you so much, Erica, well. for your time today. <laughs> 
My pleasure. Thank you so much, ladies, and continued success with this platform. I hope that it continues to grow. I hope that you get major sponsors. I hope that you get advertisers who want to be a part of your your vision. You better and say it. You better. Say oh yeah, I don't play them games. Like you, you deserve. You put it in the work. It's it's hard work to have a podcast. I yes, wanted to is. start one, but I just know how much effort it is, and I've got some other things going on that I don't have the time to put in that effort. But you know, mm-hmm. hats off to you for for coming up with the questions and doing the interviews and doing the the um, research ahead of time. Yeah, like, that's a big that's a big commitment. So congratulations. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank Make you. sure you do your part to follow us and listen. And of yeah, I will text you, let you know, um, you know, everything that's going on. Tell us your Instagram handle so the people could follow you out there and see what you got going on. Yes, well, I am Erica Dunlap at Erica Dunlap, and it's E R I C K A D U N L A P. And mm-hmm. uh, I don't have any funny kind of names. I just am who I am. <laughs> so you, you know, follow me and um, follow my journey. I have some new things that I'll be putting out. I've been just processing through the quarantine. Like, who do I want to be known for? Like, what do I want to be known for? And That's what everybody's doing during the quarantine. For yeah. Sure. Like, mm-hmm. really figuring out, you know, what. I haven't even posted anything since February and it's mainly because I I don't I just don't believe in just posting anything. Like it needs to have some substance and it needs to make sense. And so I'm just taking the time to get where I need to be so I can put the kind of information out that needs to be um that needs to be digested properly. Right. That's what's up. That's what's up. Whew. Well, that was a word from yeah. our girl Erica. A whole that was a, word. Yeah, that was a good interview, I feel. Yeah. Um, I hope you guys definitely liked it. Um, you know, I can't wait to actually see people instead of just doing these phone interviews, but it's whatever. Well, you we could have jumped on Zoom today, but we all agreed that <laughs> it wasn't the day. I know. It wasn't the day for that. Yeah. No, it was today. not the day. Not today. Okay. Not today. But, um, Shana, tell these people where to drop their drawers. All right, guys. Um, drop your drawers at the Lipstick Laundry Podcast at gmail.com. Guys, we need you to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Lipstick Laundry Podcast. You could also follow us on Twitter at Lip Laundry. We are officially everywhere. We need y'all to follow, subscribe, and comment on whatever. Um, whatever way you listen to us, if it's Apple Podcasts, definitely support I don't us know, there. like, bro, you yes, you yes, yes, I am, yes, I am, you because listen, the people them say, okay, Apple Podcasts and is to where all it counts. A good night, and to all a good night, be blessed. <laughs> Bye, guys. Have a great day. <laughs> Have a great day. Be blessed. See you later. Bye bye. Ciao now.